0: Hi everyone, it's Joachim Akren, your host of the Elite Game Developers podcast. A podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the company cap table. What it means to manage a cap table when you're starting off with just the founders. And when you start growing and building a company bringing on more employees, bringing on investors who also are incentivized by equity in the company. So we're going to cover a lot of topics regarding how you can manage and model your cap table. But before we go into the episode, here's a few words from our sponsor. We all know that developing a great game is one thing, but developing a great games business can be something else entirely. That's why some of the top game developers in the industry use Ironsource's Game Growth platform, which takes care of both sides of the business, helping you monetize and to fuel your user acquisition. I for one wish we were using these guys in the early days of Next Games. You might also have heard of their level up podcast and a medium blog. In terms of gaming content, this blog is up there with the best, featuring game industry experts talking all things game design, development and growth. See for yourself by searching for Iron Source Level Up on Medium or Spotify. Hey game developer, are you looking for great new authentic video creatives? Try something totally new with influencer-generated content IGC by Opera Event. Influencers and actors will make specific creative content for your games and Opera Event will deliver you high-quality video ads that highlight the best parts of your game. Get a free video with a purchase of four or more videos. Remember to say that elite game developers sent you to claim your free video. Go to getigc.com to see some examples and get more information. That's getigc.com. I've gotten a lot of experiences over the years for thinking about how an entrepreneur should approach their cap table, how they should manage the structure and what are the expectations and how you can model things as, as the company starts growing. So as many of you know, I've started two gaming companies in my career. The first one I started uh, back in 2005 where I owned 100% of the company when it was started. So I was a, a solo founder And Next Games, which I founded in 2013, we had four founding members. So it was split in four ways. So 25% owned by each. So there's a lot of different variations there, which I'm going to cover today. The whole idea for this episode came from the realization that there was already over a thousand people who had downloaded uh, the the cap table mani- management and modeling template from Elite Game Developers, uh, which is the most popular template that we have. If you go to EliteGameDevelopers.com/templates, you'll find the cap table management and modeling template there, and you should try it out. It's it really helps you to see how. the the percentage that you own in the company changes when you bring on new founders, more founders, you create a stock option plan, you bring on investors. So for this episode, I wanted to kind of like walk you guys through all of those moments where, where on the startup journey, you're going to be bringing on owners into the company. But let's go to the beginning. So at the start of the company, you're basically just one founder, an idea. There is usually a person who kicks off the process of bringing together the founding team and then the team starts the company. But at that stage, it is uh, one founder with that idea who still owns 100%. But then, then when they start building off a team who will sort of like come together, uh, there's going to be a group of people and the thought process will change a lot there where this group of people become co-founders. And at that stage, it's still 100% owned by the founders. It's not one person anymore, but there are there's a group of people who are founding this company and they own 100% of the company uh so what happens between this group so what i what i call uh this moment for splitting the equities the the co-founder equity split so we actually have a template for this as well if you go to to the templates page on elitegamedevelopers.com you can find a co-founder equity split tool which you should try out so like i told you the example of next games where we had four, Co-founders, we did an even split of everybody getting twenty-five percent of the company, which which is quite common uh, in the industry, especially if you feel that all of the co-founders are equally sort of responsible for the success of the company. That there's nobody who's who's sort of like a, you know a triple A superstar. Versus the, everybody else is just getting into the industry. There, there, there are these situations, and in in that that position, you want to think about an unequal split, which is totally fine. I would say because in the at the end of the day, the people with the most experience will also sort of be in that position that they need to do most of the heavy lifting, and uh, lots of the the early success will sort of be on top of their shoulders that they can actually execute as they know so much so what really matters in this unequal split is that the contribution levels that people will be you know putting into the company that that's fair uh there's a there's sort of like a, a fairness and it's been, been discussed between the founders what they want how they feel that it's not somebody who's imposing split but it's it's more like a group exercise and the capital that has already been used into the company if somebody has been putting more money into the company than the others already to to kick off you know some prototyping with some uh, hired uh, help and things like that uh, those should be taken into consideration like the tool will help you to go through that and i feel that the the CEO should always have a bigger stake in the company. Uh, in hindsight, that, that's how, how I feel from my experience, because it will be the role of, you know, the most burden uh, at any stage in the company's life cycle. Even though you'd have a successful game, it's still going to be like so much work for the CEO to take that uh, successful game and grow it to, to something amazing. And you're, like I was talking about the experience, that is something that really matters in the co-founder split. So I've, I've recently seen a few cases where there were like four or five co-founders where the split could go like 35% to the CEO. Then you have two people who are sort of very experienced, they get 25 and 25%. And then they have Perhaps a, a creative person who doesn't have as much experience, and they give fifteen percent to that person, or maybe they joined like six months later when the company was sort of like being worked on already, and they have a lot of prototypes going, whatnot, and they're still bringing in founders, so they could still do like give out three percent, two percent to to founders who are joining at the very late stage although two percent for a co-founder is not something i would recommend i wouldn't go below five percent uh and if you fundraised already then you can think about like the dilution already so then it could be fine to give like three percent to somebody but two is like i don't really feel comfortable seeing two percent for a co-founder they're not a co-founder anymore in that case so some things to to consider here that i would want to highlight this like if you're a co-founder or you're going into a startup as a co-founder or you would do it in the future like you should think for yourself like what do you think you deserve is also important like what is the opportunity there versus what you know what you're capable of and what you're like gonna be you know happy with for the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 15 years, because it, it could be a, a long, long process to get to success and perhaps to, to get to turn the next page in your career. So are you willing to work without a salary is a big question. Like that always also goes into the territory of somebody who is happy to, to work without a salary should get more equity. Uh, because they're taking more risk, so the risk level is also something that you need to consider in gaming, if you're really experienced, I would say like it's not a risk that you you're leaving your job i I feel that anybody can get a job in the game industry if their startup fails, if they were you know if they already had that experience prior to doing the startup. I don't think that's a a big problem. Uh, risks regarding like if the startup fails so what a lot of companies fail constantly it's not the end of the world nobody has you know gone down in misery for ages it's just a small sting if the, the, the startup fails but you still could think about risks regarding like your family like not like if you have kids and stuff like that can you afford to take no salary for six months So those kind of thoughts you need to think about a bit there. Uh, One thing about ideas, the idea person in the team, like who came up with the idea, I'd say it doesn't matter that much. I'm, I'm always thinking that, you know, if you look at idea versus the execution of the idea, the execution is like 100 times more important than any idea because no idea will have any matter if the execution doesn't work. So think more about like what is the who is going to be doing the executing stuff and think about the next 10 years of working with the team, working on this opportunity, working with the risks involved. What do you deserve? And you can you can then figure out like what you really want. Here's a few kind of anecdotes for for founders to think about. Like you could be saying in your mind that in five years this founder will be the most valuable founder of all of these co-founders driving success for the company or that this founder will be least likely to still contribute to the success of the company in five years. So if you're doing that group exercise as co-founders, you could think about questions like when things go bad, who will leave? the first like who's gonna who's gonna not have that risk uh, taking ability when you can't pay a salary anymore for instance like you were you raised some money and then the money ran out will you leave if like you you need to go for four months, six months, eight months without a salary uh, and also that because those, those those rough patches on the journey of a company, I think it always happens to companies like there's there isn't an an example of a company that never had tough times. So when those tough times happens, like who will go through and push forward in those bad times, like mentally and and rally everybody. Usually it is the CEO. So you have to have that discussion is the CEO, that kind of a person who will go through that situation. So check out the tool by going to, to the templates on EliteGameDevelopers.com. It's the co-founder equity split tool. Then let's talk about the funding rounds and how that actually affects the, the founders' equity and ownership in the company. And like how will things change as the, the investors are coming on board? So think let's go back to this example of for four co-founders what would happen if they raised let's say 200,000 at a a company pre-money valuation of 1 million meaning that before the money comes in the company's worth 1 million and then when the 200,000 comes in there's something called the post-money valuation which would be 1.2 million Uh, that means that the investors Will own a significant part of the company already. So the founders who owned 25% will now own about 20.8% each. And the newest investors who put 200,000 into the company will own 16.6% at that stage. So there are new shares being created, uh, and those shares the owners, the investors will own uh, a total amount, which will go to 16.6%. So this is the first stage where you already start seeing that investors are starting to own part of the company. And then what usually you want to do at this stage, when you have your first money coming in, is that you want to incentivize your employees with shares as well. So thinking about like an option pool coming into place, uh and there's there's an ownership uh usually that you want to structure there which would be that 10% of the company would be sort of like parked into this option pool so what what the investors usually want to do is that this option pool is created from the founder shares so that the the investors who came on in this round are sort of like not being diluted because of the option pool They want those option pools to be in place before the money comes in. That's very common for all investors who are looking into putting money into into startups. So then what happens is if you create an option pool with 10%, then the founders would go to 18.3% ownership each. So now you could think about like, hey, just raising 200,000 from investors and creating that option pool, what happens is that the company actually goes into a mode of the founders owning uh, 6.6% less than they owned before the funding round. So this is a consideration that I think is really key here for a lot of gaming studios who who are at that stage that it's just the founders. If they have structured the founder team in a way that they could start prototyping maybe part time maybe take off like from work to do this for a while just you know run prototypes play games figure out ideas that would be really interesting to start executing on and don't raise cash before you have evidence that things are working like then you could skip raising 200,000 and immediately go to 1 million but one million usually, like raising one million without numbers and having you know all the details in place about like how this will how the game will start scaling with user acquisition is really hard. I I pretty much don't see it if it's not a you know this kind of like triple A team that I've been talking about on my newsletter. Uh, so if it is like a, a pretty like average gaming team like really are professional and they know what they're doing. But do you really want to do that dilution of going from 25% ownership to 18.3% when you don't yet have evidence? Because you're going to be needing to raise more and more later on and suddenly you own like 10% of the company. To really get a sense of what All of those funding rounds, like if you raise 200,000 now, then you raise 1.5 million like a year later and then 5 million a year later. The best advice from me would be to to get that cap table modeling tool from the EliteGameDevelopers.com from the templates page and start playing around with it because it will show you how good it actually is to skip like a funding round or take as as little amount of cash as possible. I've talked about this on the, the the angel investor episode in December of 2020, where I'm thinking about the model of like, which is very popular in Silicon Valley now for tech startups is that you raise in tranches that you don't immediately give up 20% of the company, but rather like give up 7% of the company to angels and raise as little as possible to get going uh, for like eight to nine months for prototyping. And then you can show evidence and you can skip taking that big lump sum of money for a 20% dilution too early. Of course, I'm, I'm thinking about like investing as well. And I really love to see companies going into the, to the investment path, but I really hate seeing when the founders don't own more than 5% of their company anymore when they're doing an exit uh, later in their career. Uh, It's it's just like, were, were all of those funding rounds really necessary? Like if not, like how do you kind of like work backwards from there to figure out how do you create evidence? How do you create traction and product market fit and retention numbers? And you start doing user acquisition that scales. Uh, what are the funding mechanisms that you can get to those points where you don't really necessarily need investor money? Uh, if, you, if you want to kick off another game team, if you want to hire people, then for sure think about fundraising. But as the, at the early stages, can you just bootstrap the founding team to a certain point where you have the numbers? I'll highlight a few important things here that are also related to the fundraising moments. So I, I think like, if you go and raise an early round of 200,000 or half a million or a million, uh, try to make those funds matter a lot so that the runway actually lasts. What do you need to actually like build the product that you want to build early on? Uh, I recently had her Shu from a lucky cat talking about his early like success in gaming and their company is like, I think it's almost 20 people and it's a bootstrapped company where the founders own and the staff own a hundred percent of the company. So they started doing like small games and gradually going towards more harder games. And then they, they went into mid-core but they decided to scale down mid-core and go back to hypercasual because it was just, you know, too capital intensive, too much unknowns, uncertainties. How do you get like shorter like pay like phases of uncertainty where you have points where you know what's going on? So I think one of those ways that how how you actually can bootstrap is just start making smaller games as your first games don't immediately go after an Empires and Puzzles kind of game. That's what I would I would definitely not want to do in my career in the future. As an investor, I also look at it as a bigger risk because, like, of course, it's a big opportunity to make a game that will succeed if everything goes right. But I also feel that if it doesn't, it's it's a path that the founders might end up raising a lot of money again and the success might still not be there and suddenly the founders own five percent of the company so the the second point that i want to do is this dilution optimization uh, play around with the tool that i have on the templates page in elitegamedevelopers.com to think about like could you actually bootstrap for a while before you raise money when you have some prototypes Maybe you just take a few angels on board uh, and figure things out in in a much sort of like de-risking manner, de-risking the dilution. I mean. And then one final thing regarding like the cap table that I've I've seen before companies that you know built up a big organization. They were building a big game. Uh, there are these moments when. The cap table looks really bad. That the founders only own like 20% of the cap table anymore. Uh, there are certain ways to start restructuring the company, called this kind of like uh, process of recapitalization, where the investors sort of like agree with the founders that yeah things didn't go out well, but. We don't want you to leave, but we'd rather start from scratch with ownership of like giving the, the founders another chance by just uh, going back to zero in the investor ownership and uh, starting again with with a new front raise, uh, building up on top of the, the previous uh, sort of knowledge that is in the company, meaning that the cap table goes back to founders owning 100% uh, including staff with their options, but the investors sort of like take the hit and the investors are yet again betting on the founder. So it's, it's more about like, is there a relationship with the founder and the investors that the investors believe in the founder's capabilities that they're constantly learning? They took a risky bet, which didn't work, but hey, I'm going to bet on your next thing as well. Don't start a new company. Let's just continue with this company or we'll put m- more money in uh, from, and we start f- the dilution for the founders from, from 100% again. So I've seen this happen. I'm going to try to write some examples of how this could work for startups that are in this kind of jam because I know a lot of companies that are in that kind of jam where the founders only own a few uh, 10% of the company and they they still need to be pushing. So to end up this episode, I, I want to point out the URLs again. So the co-founder equity split tool is under EliteGameDevelopers.com slash co-founder and the cap table modeling tool is under EliteGameDevelopers.com slash cap table. And if you ever have questions regarding the cap table, you can always ping me on on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm happy to to give my advice on tricky situations. All right, this was uh, this kind of like different kind of episode. Uh, I hope you like this kind of like going through a process that I've gone through where I've noticed stuff. I'm going to be doing these more of these. So send me feedback. I'm happy to hear every kind of feedback that you can give me. And we're going to have an, another interesting guest next week on the podcast. So stay tuned for that one and do subscribe to our uh, weekly newsletter at EliteGameDevelopers.com. See you next week. Bye-bye.